Well, Paula, it's been another year. We've watched some movies, not as many as we usually do. <laughs> and from the look of my top 10 list, not as good as we usually do. Uh, but we are back for another top 10 movies of the year of 2023. Uh, so welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. I feel like this is kind of a continuation of our last episode because the I, I think more than let's say 70% of the reason why we didn't watch as many movies this year is because we are fathers, new-ish fathers, me, me more so new than you, but same reasoning. Um, I did not go to the theater for the second, uh, for the last third of the year. So that took me out of uh, a few movies that I was, actually, now that I think about it, some of the movies that I was going to watch in the theater anyway, in the third uh, in the last third of the year, probably weren't going to be on my top 10 anyway. Like, I don't know if the Marvels would have made it. Um, <laughs> probably Aquaman. Wait, <not. laughs> hey, you never know. Like, I have some some head scratchers on here. I mean, head scratchers from your perspective, probably. Um, so I, I might have liked the Mar- Marvels from like a, uh, a silly standpoint. But I, um, I can at least understand your appreciation for a movie like Wonder Woman 84, where it's like, <laughs> I might not like it, but I was like, okay, I can see why you would like that. I I cannot wrap my head around any way that you would like the Marvels or anyone else for that matter. Um, oh, shit. Okay. It's just regular boring, in my opinion. Um, okay. Anyway, this isn't our worst 10 movies of the year. This is our best 10 movies of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess quickly before we jump into it, um, I wanted to mention a couple movies that I haven't seen um, because I think they might be on the list, but just to call out that it's not because I've watched them and I didn't like them, it's because I actually didn't get a chance to like them. Um, so the three that I, I have not seen is, um, uh, so shout out to Steven on our last episode, Godzilla Minus One. I committed to watching it. I did not. Um, I don't know if it would be top 10, but like, I am looking forward to that and I did not get a chance to watch that. Um, I also did not get a chance to watch, um, oh man, I really should have written these downs. The one that's winning award that Emma Stone just won an award for the Frankenstein one or, uh, poor things. Frankenstein. Poor things. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a, a Holocaust movie called zone of interest, um, from a really good director who's done a few good movies in the past. Um, probably depressing but probably also a really good movie but i have not had a chance to watch that either so those three may potentially have been on my top 10 if i had watched them uh but i have not had a chance to watch them yet um anything yeah side? yeah the only overlap <laughs> unsurprisingly um is uh godzilla from your the three that you mentioned um i mean there's a few random movies that i was thinking of like i, I don't know if you know sisu uh which is uh i am aware um, of it yeah, yeah, it's uh, what, what country is it? It's like Sweden, Finnish, or no, it's one of those uh, Scandinavian countries. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a World War Two, like super violent, um, old man going ham on Nazis type movie, um, that I wanted to watch. Actually, I I had the chance to watch it uh, even before I had uh, before my daughter came along, but I just didn't get around to it. Um, that might have made it. Um, and then there's a bunch of like mainstream stuff, like uh, <laughs> like the Equalizer Expendables. I don't know, the Meg. <laughs> that Meg is another one that maybe might have been ridiculous, but I might have liked it. Um, 
And then a, a kind of a random one is like No One Will Save You, which um, actually was on Disney Plus. It's a horror movie um, with one of the girls from Booksmart. Um, and I would have watched it, but I think I reached my quota on horror by the time it came out because I, I had watched like Smile and Talk to Me. And uh, those really creeped me out. And I think I would have been too scared. It's not really the reason. I just never got around to it. But um, yeah, um, I think the one the one big one, I, I, like by January or February, I'm probably going to have watched some of these movies that uh, I, I would have liked to add to my top 10. But um, overall, I think I'm I'm fairly happy with my with my top 10, um, like seven six seven no seven eight nine and ten are probably interchangeable but i don't i'm i'm okay with it <laughs> i would say i'm really only happy with like two or three movies from my list like any other year oh the other seven might not have made it um <laughs> okay so not you to definitely say I had a, a much worse year than i did <laughs> i i watched a decent amount of movies i just didn't like anything yeah so <laughs> Well, I, I feel like this uh, this episode will be very on brand for us, um, judging by how it's going so far. Yeah, the the last thing I'll mention before we get started is a couple movies that are not on my list that I'm going to watch, that I'm going to call out as not being there because I didn't want people to think I didn't watch them and that's why. Um, but Ferrari, Killers of the Flower Moon, and mm. um, I'm sure what was the other one? Those two... I really should be more prepared for this episode. Um, but anyway, I watched those ones. They did not make the list. Um, Napoleon okay. as well. Not oh, Napoleon. Yeah, I actually wanted to watch that as well. Actually, and then one uh, one honorable mention, which I, I don't think would have made it anyway, but I, for some reason I felt like mentioning No Hard Feelings, which is uh, a, the comedy with Jennifer Lawrence, which is like a really weird concept in the first half of the movie where you think, is this appropriate because it's about her trying to sleep with like a 18 year old um because his parents hired her to uh and then by the end of the movie it's actually pretty funny and not that bad i got that that, movie that mixed came up. close what uh, i got that mixed up a lot this year with a movie called you hurt my feelings um which i liked <laughs> but was probably outside my top 30 so not good enough but the one other honorable mention that I really wanted to put in my top 10 but I couldn't find space for was Priscilla, uh, the movie about uh, Elvis's ex-wife, I guess. Um, much better than I thought it would be, but I just, yeah. Solid number 11 there, not a number 10. Oh, okay. All right, you've, let's get you've started. You've now named about five movies that I've <laughs> never heard of. <laughs> what is your number 10? Uh, my... <laughs> <laughs> number 10 and uh i understand i didn't give it a great rating uh when we did our monthly uh instagram reviews but fast 10 oh, is uh, appropriately number 10 on my top 10 list um simply because um i was thinking about my list i was watching all the movie or looking at all the movies uh that i had watched this year and this was actually originally um Haunting in Venice. I, I was going to have that as number 10, um, which I forgot to give that an honorable mention. I like all those movies. Um, but uh, Fast 10, just out of like how absurd it is, and mostly off the strength of Jason Momoa, um, just hamming it up. Um, I think 
um, I, I feel like I, I enjoyed it just from pure absurd laughter. Um, so I, I had some fun memories watching that one. And uh, yeah, it's number 10. <laughs> I think that goes back to that vein of like Wonder Woman 84. Like yeah. Fast X is the worst thing I saw this year and probably the worst thing I've seen in the last <laughs> couple of years, but I, I get it. Like I, I can understand why someone might enjoy that. I personally did not. Uh, but I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. judge you too much on that one. I mean, it's just like, can you, when you, when you're watching like cars fly through the air and like crash into things and like still keep driving or like cars, you cars using cables as like, like Tarzan and flying over cliffs and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's just, just the, the, the balls to make a movie with two hours of that is just i like i have to i have to res i respect it <laughs> i think i would enjoy it more if i didn't feel like vin diesel and some of the other people thought that they were cool in doing it like <laughs> there's a certain earnestness to it where it's like they think they're cool they think that this thing is badass that they're doing here and it's just ridiculous i don't know so maybe that makes it better self-awareness yeah zero <laughs> self-awareness i you know yeah it's tough because I, I don't know if they're aware of like how no I think they are like come on in, in the last one when they're in space like I think that was number nine I didn't watch that one okay well basically they're in space in number nine and they're fully talking about like yeah what are we doing we're in space basically having that kind of conversation um and somehow fast 10 is even more like <laughs> ridiculous um I don't know. At least, at least I know that Jason Momoa knew how silly it was, which unfortunately, like, I feel like he was the most hated part of the movie because Fast 10, even with the fan base, like the regular Fast and Furious fan base, I, I get the sense that everyone absolutely hated Jason Momoa. Um, but I mean, it true, true to form, which fan, like my fan self, uh, is my most memorable part of the movies memorable part of the movie so yeah um i knew that was going to probably catch you by surprise <laughs> but uh i stand by it all right what was your top 10 uh, what was your number 10 <laughs> my number 10 was guy Ritchie's the covenant um oh and this is one like I, I, there's not a lot negative that I can say about this movie, but I didn't really want to put it in my top 10 because it's not that amazing either. It's just like a nice, mm. solid little movie, uh, which I yeah. think is what you can say most about Guy Ritchie's last like five years of movies. Like he's just been making stuff that completely different genres and doing a lot of different stuff, but it's just solid, well-made, good drama. Um, yeah. And one of the, the, the thing I liked about this was actually something that I noticed as a theme across a few movies this year where... The movie that I thought I was going to watch kind of ended at the halfway mark of what I, that's the ending that I thought the movie was going to get to. And then it kept going uh, for a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, same thing like happened Like when he with, finally makes it back. Yeah. Like you watch the trailers, you think, oh, it's going to be all about whether he gets back or not. And it's, that's not really the case. It's like, okay, um, for those who don't know the movie, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal stars as a Iraq or Afghanistan war, uh, like soldier. Um, and he's getting into a battle, kind of gets saved by one of the locals, um, and then ends up going back home and has to, like, save the guy who obviously is in trouble because he helped an American. Um, 
And that was a similar theme with movies that I ended up liking more than I thought, which um, Gran Turismo and the Hunger Games prequel. Because those movies, it's like you think it's going to be one thing and then they end up just like taking it a bit further and making it a bit more interesting. So I like that with The Covenant. The first hour of the movie that, you know, was pretty much exactly what you think it's going to be was done just very well. Uh, like mm-hmm. there's a few action scenes that are just pretty solid. And then, yeah, there's that little extra that just kind of pushes over. Um, you get a little uh, cameo appearance by Homelander, um, probably filmed <laughs> before he got famous, but it's just funny to see that. Um, but yeah, nice, solid uh, movie. Nothing much more to say than that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was one that I, I, I considered putting in my top 10. Um, it could have easily, like I said, seven to 10 on mine were probably interchangeable. The Covenant was one that was just outside of it. Um, not a whole lot to say either, but, um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal gives a pretty good performance. Um, and Homelander, it was confusing. That was one thing actually that took me out of it because, um, I don't know if, I can't remember if it was like, I I heard that he was going to be in it before watching it or something about that. So I was like expecting to see him in like, at least a, like, at least like a, a significant side role yeah but he's in the movie for like five minutes at the end Um, some dude yeah yeah it it literally could have been any person (laughs) like it did not have to be uh homelander but not that he's that big of an actor like i guess yeah starting to get there but like i don't know he's not like that big of a movie actor so yeah and not to say that because he's a big movie actor but he's just like a really recognizable face right now so like uh, to have him in that random role, I guess saving the day. That's sure, that's fine. But it was very, uh, yeah. His character kind of boiled out to be nothing. <laughs> I also think the movie might have been shot like two years ago or something. Like I think this one actually had a longer production, so like they may have shot that role mm. with him before he was really becoming that big of a thing with the boys. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was one of three movies that I thought might have had some overlap between our lists. So I guess you don't have that one. So down I to do two not. more, maybe. <laughs> yeah what's your number nine yeah uh number nine uh another just solid movie air um actually it's okay. air courting a legend i think sorry what no but oh um yeah it's basically the story about how uh nike signed uh jordan michael jordan uh back in the day uh it's just a, a blast of nostalgia um it's a pretty cool story it's, it's along the lines of like i don't know um uh a big short type movie or um i don't know uh uh i'm trying to think of like similar ones war dogs um um type like business type uh tetris is another one um tetris also i i considered for my top 10 but uh yeah i mean i, I the subject matter resonated with me a little bit more um it was it was pretty funny i don't know it was cool to to see the story i actually already knew a lot of the story like i'd read about it before um but uh i just seeing live action i guess in a movie was was cool chris tucker's in it which i haven't seen him in anything for a while so that was nice um and uh yeah yeah that's pretty much it (laughs) uh both air and tetris were on my like I almost watched them this year and I just like wasn't <laughs> motivated to find enough time to watch them. Um, I'm sure yeah. they, they would have been like, eh, I like them. Don't love them type things. So it's like yeah. hard to motivate myself to watch them. 
Yeah, I was in the same boat too. Like I almost didn't watch it. I, I think shout out to Amazon Prime, I guess. Like the only reason I did watch it is because it was so accessible. And it's one of those nights where it's like, okay, what are we going to watch? Um, oh, okay, let's watch this. And it easily could have been anything else. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm, and I guess I'm happy that I ended up watching it. Uh, so. Yeah, my yeah. biggest deterrent in watching movies like this, that, uh, like that this year, was the fact that I watched seven seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation this year. So a lot of my decision <laughs> points were: uh, Do I want to watch this movie, or do I want to watch another two episodes of Next Gen? And most of the year, I ended up picking Next Gen. So, wow. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I I would I would recommend at least watching Air over another two episodes of Star well, Trek in the future. I finished it now, so there's no more. <laughs> oh, okay. Even more so. <laughs> uh, my number nine is a movie called Infinity Pool, uh, which is the mm. second horror movie from Brandon Cronenberg, uh, son of famous director David Cronenberg. Um, I loved uh, Brandon Cronenberg's first movie, which is The Possessor. Uh, so I was super excited for this, and this movie was actually on my top ten most anticipated movies of the of the year list. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of a miss in terms of. Uh, the first half is somewhat interesting and then the second half just kind of goes off the rails a little bit. I ended up still putting it on the list and still enjoyed it because it was one of those movies where I never really felt like I knew where it was going. Um, Mia Goth gives a really good performance as she has been like the last two, three years. Every horror movie she's in, she's just been nailing it. Um, What's-his-face main dude? Uh... Skarsgård. Skarsgård, yeah, the main Skarsgård. <laughs> Um, he does an okay job, but he's like nothing super memorable in his role. Um, so it ends up being, here's a really interesting world and an interesting idea. Um, and the, the premise of the movie is basically him and his either wife or girlfriend go to a tropical island for a resort, bunch of horror and weird shit goes on. Um, it ends up being more like comedic horror or like social satire horror than just like a street horror movie, which is what elevated it for me. But it just didn't mm. like... The second half didn't wrap up enough for it to, to really make sense. It was just kind of like, hey, here's a nice, fun, wacky adventure type thing. But overall, still good. Okay. I came close to watching that this year as well, but then I, I showed my wife the trailer, and she's like, we're not watching this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely in like the weird movie <laughs> vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, actually, that reminds me, like, mentioning our most uh, anticipated movies of 2023 i think bo was afraid was on both of our lists and i think we both watched it and we both did not include it oh wait you haven't gotten through I, your list i did not include it no okay but yeah um i felt like we should call that one out as well because of just the the sheer excitement that uh well at least i had I, you were fairly excited i think about it I was fairly excited and there was things I liked about it, but there's also a lot of things I didn't like about it. Um, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been in the top half of my movies this year. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, sorry. What are we at? Number eight. Eight. <laughs> number eight. Um, my number eight was Renfield. <laughs> um, okay. So it, it <laughs> um, it's the movie where Nicholas, Cage plays Dracula and um, I forget his name, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt yeah. yeah, two Nicholases. Uh, Nicholas Holt is his uh, his familiar uh, or his servant, basically. 
um, and he's trying to not be his servant anymore. Um, I put this on my list simply off the strength of uh, the one fight scene where Nicholas Holt decides he's going to be good, and he's like, I think it's his apartment complex. Uh, he's with Aquafina, who's like a cop, and he just like destroys a bunch of I can't even remember. I think they were like mobsters, not mobsters, gang yeah, members. I think it's like or, mafia or something. Yeah, yeah, and he's like using their arms to like impale other people and like beating them to death with their own arms that um was like completely unexpected um and i just remember howling with laughter um <laughs> uh during that one scene and the rest of the movie is okay too <laughs> the ending is terrible it, it was better than i thought it was going to be it was one of those where i saw the trailer and i was like oh god this is gonna suck and then i ended up watching <laughs> yeah. it and i was like oh, it's, it's okay yeah. Um, I'm also on their on the IMDB page for it and it says they it won an award uh and was nominated for a bunch of other ones, which is surprising to me. Um I didn't think anyone else would have liked it. <laughs> um but uh yeah, if if you want uh, to waste like an hour and a half and see some silly uh fairly gory action. So it's it's enjoyable. <laughs> it's a decent Nicolas Cage vehicle. I mean, there's he's done much yeah. worse stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my number eight uh, is the movie that has been number one on my most anticipated list for the last two years, um, and that is <laughs> The Killer with Michael Fassbender, directed by David Fincher. Um, so the fact that I had hyped it up so much and it's only number eight is a little bit of a disappointment. Um, for those unaware, it was actually on Netflix, so it's a very accessible movie. Um, but it's about uh, a hitman who, I don't know how you would say, is like going on a bit of a, a midlife crisis or whatever. And mm. Anyway, hard to say. Um, but it, it, rem it resembles a lot of Fight Club um, in terms of its attempted social commentary. Although like, you could almost say it's an anti-fight club because the protagonist, Michael Fassbender, like he's doing all, like he's mentioning all these brands and all these things about our society. And you kind of don't agree with it or like you kind of see him as being a flawed protagonist by the end of it. So uh, like, did you see this at all? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I'd like to, but uh, I, I, and I saw the half in the bag about it. I think they talked about it, but uh, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. It like, the the trailers do not set the right tone for what it's going to be because it is not an action movie. It's like Michael Fassbender talking for two hours. And there's mm -hmm. one really, really good action scene, though. Um, really, really well done. Uh, there's this one scene where he's fighting like a, drunk, a drugged up uh, like Miami bodybuilder guy. And it's fantastic action scene. But the rest of it is a lot of like social commentary and him walking around and him talking about society. And there's some fun tidbits in there. And I generally liked it and it's David Fincher directing. So it's like you, you enjoy like just the, the quality of the filmmaking, but it's just not wrapped up in a nice clean bow of like, what exactly am I supposed to get out of it? Cause I get that he's saying something about society. I don't know what he's saying. And maybe that's part of the movie is like commentary on people who are trying to make social commentary, but not actually saying something. Um, but I just ended up not really taking anything out of it which is kind of what like the biggest <laughs> negative was but still again number eight on my list not bad certainly a good movie but just not as good as i wanted it to be 
Okay. Not as good as you wanted it to be, and yet number eight, um, I think, the theme of uh, the year for Carson. Um, well, most <laughs> of my top list is things that I didn't think I would like and ended up liking much more. So, <laughs> Okay, like the pleasant surprises yeah. uh, elevated them. Um, okay, um, number seven, seven on my list uh, is uh, They Cloned Tyrone. Uh, which we've talked about a little bit um, uh, on a previous episode, I think. Um, not a whole lot, though. It's on Netflix. Um, it's a uh, it's a little strange. Um, it's basic. It's like a mystery. Um, John Boyega plays a, a a gang member or a drug dealer. Um, Tiona Paris is um, um, a a woman of the night, <laughs> which I thought was funny considering she's like. Uh, uh disney she's all disney right now for marvels um and this is just like a <laughs> a fun contrast um and jamie fox is really good as a pimp um and basically it's um it's about uh, uh the government running tests on on um shall i say the 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 hood <laughs> um and um yeah it's basically um the three of them trying to figure out the mystery as to what's going on. They eventually, not mini spoiler, um, they they find out the government is using like fried chicken and grape drink and that whole thing. I think it's like perm stuff, perm chemicals to like control the people. Um, and um, yeah, it's just really interesting. It's very different from a lot of things that came out this year, at least for me, from what I watched. And um, uh, um, oh, and it brought me back to uh what's that movie undercover brother i was I literally ever... just about to ask if how like how similar it is to undercover brother so it's not at all it's the one concept that they take from undercover brother is like the fried chicken thing that's like like um uh mind controlling people a specific type of people <laughs> um um and nothing else um this is uh, obviously this has done much better uh, and it's a lot weirder than Undercover Brother. I mean, Undercover Brother is a completely different type of movie, but um, yeah, uh, you you definitely see the <laughs> the link there. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I definitely recommend it. This is one that I'm like very happy to have. I think this is where we get into. This is definitely would have been on my top ten, regardless. Yeah, this is one you talked about a little bit earlier in the year, and I I wanted to get around to seeing it. And I think I'm still interested in it. I just didn't watch it yet um but hopefully i'll watch this in the coming months because it actually does seem interesting yeah and accessible it's on netflix you don't have to go to theater <laughs> so i think that's gonna be like that's a key for most of our episodes and movies that we talk about for the next year or so yeah uh my number seven was also a movie that was on my top 10 most anticipated list at the beginning of the year which is the creator um starring oh. john david washington um when we initially made our top 10 lists it was being called something different in pre-production i think it was called true love or something like that so it, you won't see the name the creator on that post but it, it was this movie um really great sci-fi concept um i loved the world i loved so i guess for, for those who don't know what it's about um sci-fi future where ai is invented and kind of nukes half the planet or something so you have like 
AI worlds versus like the human worlds. Um, the the first act of the movie really goes into like the human side of John David Washington's character and kind of like why he's mixed up on all this and what his motivations are. So they do a great job building characters. They do a great job building the universe and the world and all these little details. And my biggest complaint is in the third act, it doesn't really go anywhere. And so like, that's what like, I, I was really hyped on this movie in the beginning and then the reviews came out and everyone was really soft on it. Like no one liked it. And I was like, so that, kind of tempered my bit and then i watched the first mm-hmm. two acts and i was like why does no one like this this is a great movie and then i got to the third <laughs> act and i was like uh okay um i still don't think it should have been as badly reviewed as it was like i quite enjoyed it um i'm also i i guess like i like sci-fi more than most people um yeah nice solid movie again didn't really go anywhere but overall quite enjoyed it yeah i i, I like that one as well um it, it's the same category for me as uh the covenant um um it was it was good it was solid i didn't feel particularly special to me so that was my second of three movies that i thought might be a crossover on our list so for two <laughs> on that i'm actually really surprised that it was on your list um again in, but, a, in uh, many other years this i don't think any of these <laughs> movies so far would have been good enough to make my top 10 but yeah yeah, yeah. Actually, and I'm just remembering another uh, honorable mention for mine, um, and I, it was on my most anticipated list, um, and it was Operation Fortune, um, and that's one that might have been top, uh, that might have been number ten, maybe. Um, I thought, like, I actually I liked it. I didn't not like it. Um, it just there was one thing that bugged me about it, like watching it. I can't tell you what it is it just felt like something was missing or something was off about the movie i don't know if you watched it um it's another guy Ritchie movie yeah it is a guy Ritchie movie yeah um it's i guess maybe it's not as guy Ritchie as other guy Ritchie movies and if you if you've seen one of his movies like it's just like the fast talking um or it's like an american version of a guy Ritchie movie maybe that's why um it's just like it doesn't hit the same so I, I think that's I actually a 2022 release. So I don't think I included even my criteria, but I, oh, I liked it? it more than I thought I was going to. Like it's, uh, as I was saying, when I was talking about the covenant, like Guy Ritchie is doing a lot of different things and he's just doing them really well, not amazing, but just like nice solid. And I feel like yeah. you, you understand like the script or like the template for this movie. You have like this team of here, like these team of people, there's like the different personalities and it's like it's well done all like all the different character actors do the right things they they seem like a nice fun team i would like to see that team do more things in the future but there's like yeah. there's nothing really that sets it apart it's just like yeah if you want a nice couple hours and watch a movie it's like yeah here's a yeah. enjoyable movie yeah for sure like if you were to do it again with the same like in the same world with the same people i would watch it again like aubrey plaza i called her out uh, as one of the main reasons why i was so looking forward to it so much um definitely one of the reasons why i liked the movie um so yeah i would watch more of it but this one just didn't quite hit enough but uh anyways i digress too far away from from our actual lists (laughs) um what are we on number six we're on number six okay so six and five for me are going to be uh very uh mainstream (laughs) that uh carson is not going to care about whatsoever uh number six for me was ant-man and the wasp um (laughs) because uh i just love paul rudd so much (laughs) um just 
watching him do like silly things he's just really funny to me and uh it was the 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 end of the kang dynasty <laughs> so um yeah it was it was a brief reign um but um yeah it was just a fun typical marvel movie it was actually really badly reviewed um but um i don't know i i enjoyed it um i i did yeah not. oh and it was, <laughs> yeah it, it was nice to see uh cheaty from the good place uh in a tiny role in this movie um i think we've talked about it before earlier this year right a little at least a little bit i feel like i don't we know if it was did a... an episode on it or something but yeah like it's uh jonathan majors did a, a great job in his last role um actually Ever? he was in uh he was in the loki season two as well um, yeah he yeah. does a completely different version but like i don't know it just felt lazy at times like there are things that i enjoyed i enjoyed jonathan major's version of kang i enjoyed some of the supporting characters um that actor you just mentioned i don't know who they are but i know who you're talking about but like mm. those there's like the jelly monster guy who wants to have holes like that part was funny <laughs> i like that but like bill murray just felt lazy and some of these other things just felt really lazy and it kind of washed it out for me Bill Murray is definitely just picking up a paycheck <laughs> for this one. Um, it was a, also a weird cameo. Like, why does it have to be Bill Murray? I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's fine. And he was all over it's the fine. marketing material. Like, top four people was, build. <laughs> he was. Was he really? I had no idea that he was even, like, mentioned leading up to the movie. So it was more of a surprise for me. And I think that says something where it, like it was a complete surprise for me to see him in the movie and i was like mm, okay <laughs> um but hey he'll get another chance when that new ghostbusters movie comes out <laughs> talking about picking him up paycheck <laughs> you know he's yeah. the one who blocked ghostbusters 3 for many many years because he said that those movies were not up to the quality that he demanded from ghostbusters and now he's oh. making what looks like the most embarrassing movie ever so well this one's gotta be really good <laughs> Or he's broke. <laughs> um, yeah, not a whole lot else to say about Quantumania. Rest in peace, Jonathan Majors. Um, it's nice knowing you. You know, it was like three or four years ago that I was hyping up a movie called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And that was the breakout <laughs> role for Jonathan Majors. And I was like, man, you guys got to see this guy. He's great. This is a good, great actor. And he's, <laughs> he's a good actor. Nothing. No one's yeah. talking about anything bad about his acting. Um, okay, my five and six are not going to be super mainstream. My five and six are going to be very artsy-fartsy and exactly what you'd expect from my list. Uh, number six is The Holdovers, uh, which is oh. a movie about Paul Giamatti as an old, like, proper British teacher. Uh, it's Christmas break. A couple students have to, like, stay. Like, they don't get to go on typical vacations with their family. They got to, like, stay the winter with this cranky teacher. Uh, Paul Giamatti absolutely crushes the role. Um, and he's even like, you sort of don't recognize that he's Paul Giamatti at times. Like he really kind of digs himself into that character. And I was watching it with my wife and she was like, who's that actor who played the teacher? Like, is he in anything else? And I'm like, yeah, he's in like <laughs> 300 other movies. Cause he makes like five movies a year. Um, but he absolutely crushes it as like old, pathetic, but also sympathetic and cranky british teacher um and then the young kid it's kind of like a coming of age story i am partial to coming of age stories so they always get me um but it's yeah it's like 
two people kind of learning together, like kind of odd, odd couple stuck together during the holidays. Um, I think Paul Giamatti's already winning awards for it and deservingly so. It's just mm. a really well acted and funny movie, like really well written funny movie. Okay. I actually know this one. <laughs> um, I saw a trailer for it and I was like, I, uh, this looks cool. I like Paul Giamatti. And then by the end of the trailer, I was like, I'm probably not going to watch this or like it. <laughs> but I mean, if, if it's surprisingly funny, um, well, okay, I don't know. Funny and Paul for Giamatti, me, like my comedic I mean, style, it's not like, I, I, mean, <laughs> I might still agree. Um, I, I'm, I'm slightly more likely to watch it if I have nothing else. Cause it's like, obviously it's not the normal type of movie that I, I would watch, but some of the movies that I really end up enjoying the most are things that I would never expect. Like, I don't know, but whiplash, um, um, I, I watched that on a whim one time and it's like one of my favorite movies now. Um, so maybe, yeah, I don't I know would if say will like, be the same. <laughs> if you watch the trailer, you know exactly what you're getting into. Like the trailer does a good job okay. of being like, this is what it is and it's good and it's funny, but like, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Is it like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, obviously it's not like a Wes Anderson movie, but like pacing wise or, like vibe is it similar could you compare no, it no it's much more grounded like so i guess in that sense the trailer makes it seem like a bit more like quirky and artsy and it's not like it's yeah. it's kind of more like it's much more of a drama based but like the characters you could feel like they came from like an early wes anderson movie like a, a royal tenenbaums mm. or something like that maybe but okay like the pacing and what i'm like definitely not Okay. Well, the pace at least is a big thing for me because that is what like completely removes me from like all of Wes Anderson. Um, so again, another notch higher on my likely to watch list. <laughs> all right. What's your second mainstream movie that uh, slots in at number five? I'm going to give you a chance to guess what it is. And I think you're going to guess what it is. Oh boy. I got to bring up... Um... Don't look at don't look at our Instagram post. That's cheating. I'm not looking at the Instagram post, but I'm just looking. I have like my all my 2023. I'm gonna guess okay. either Guardians Three or Blue Beetle. <laughs> um, so I didn't watch Blue Beetle. Um, <laughs> it is Guardians of the Galaxy Three. <laughs> um, and um, I mean, like it's if you liked Guardians of the Galaxy One and Two, it's essentially the same thing. Um, there's a lot we we talked about this on the podcast i don't want to talk yeah. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it it's a nice send-off uh for the guardians um very emotional ending best use of florence in the machine that i've ever seen in a movie um i almost cried <laughs> um just because off the strength of that song and uh how it was used it boasted it was such a big deal for some reason but it was like the first f-bomb in any marvel movie um uh, I don't know that why that was such a big deal. Maybe that means I use it too much. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was good. I liked it. it. It was like my number 13 or 14. Like I did quite enjoy it. Um, I can't remember if I said this or, or not when we actually did an episode on it. But like, yeah, my biggest issue was you, you like the original movie, you're a team. It's focused movie. It's about this group coming together. And now because all the characters are so loved, it's like everyone has to have their own little adventure and every character <laughs> needs to be fleshed out. And so it was just like too much. Like I wish they 
really kind of narrowed yeah. in on like the the Peter and Raccoon and that sort of thing. Um, but there's yeah. a lot of things I well, liked and a lot of things I didn't care about. Yeah, but I mean, they they really did focus a lot on Rocket in this movie. I, I think you could have cut the whole Drax and uh, alien lady uh, Mantis. Uh, Mantis, just, yeah. yeah. Just cut that whole storyline out and focus it, <laughs> and like I think I would have enjoyed it much more. Yeah, I mean, but then like it's the last one probably, so you got to do that. Which I, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, but uh, it was it was fine. Um, there was it, it had significantly or like observably more heart than most Marvel stuff that's come out recently. So I think that that elevated it quite a bit, um, at least for me. Yeah, like um, compared oh, to the other MCU stuff, like I would say, well done. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, and you can tell that James Gunn actually cares about the the franchise or like the like these these three movies um and these characters um and um i think the one thing and like to your point about cramming too many things in um what's the the guy uh the gold guy <laughs> um who like almost kills uh, rocket at the beginning uh, of the movie warlock. adam warlock like that i think that is something that you could have completely removed he was so out of place there and he's just like clearly that was like the one thing disney was like you got to have this and then... I, I agree, but I enjoy. I actually enjoyed that. So, I, yes, I would have cut <laughs> it, but I, I did enjoy that character. Yeah, I mean, he like he is cool. It just felt he just felt really out of place. Like, like James Gunn was forced to put him in there, and he is a cool character that he could have done more with, if it was under his own terms. I feel like so. Um, I guess if I have to gripe about something, I'll gripe about that. <laughs> He's the character that saves everyone from the snap in the comics. Didn't know that. Um, Very different bad he character was, uh, in the comics. <laughs> yeah, too bad he was three movies too late in the MCU. <laughs> um, okay, my my number five movie and my other artsy-fartsy movie is Saltburn, um, which is a mm. movie about being in Oxford in the early 2000s and a kind of poor kid on a uh, scholarship ride gets to go spend the summer with a extraordinarily rich british family um not what i expected because it it seems like it's going to be about social commentary rich versus poor type thing which it's it's not it's much more of like a character study um i also got introduced to an actor that i had heard many times before but i've never like seen him or didn't even know what he looked like but um jacob elordi i heard like i heard this name like a million times and i had no idea who he was he did a great job. Um, Barry Keegan was in the main role. He also does a fantastic job. Um, it is very kind of like artsy-fartsy, satire, <laughs> cynicism type movie. So you're either going to like that or you don't. Um, but I would say if you watch the trailer, like the trailer really sets it up as just being kind of the style. And it ends up being a lot more than that. Um, really good. Uh you do see a lot of really weird sex stuff in the movie and you see a lot of Barry <laughs> Keegan's dick uh, around it. Um, but despite the that, one main thing I heard about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I did not hear any of that going in, but uh, yeah. Uh, but no, really, really well done. And this is the same director who did um, Promising Young Woman a couple of years ago, which was also a really good movie with Carrie Mulligan, uh, which is kind of like a Me Too type thing. Um, but yeah, two really good movies by this director in a row. Um, and yeah, I don't know. 
much else to say about it, but just uh, one of those other just like good style, good acting, good story type thing. Wait, did you say it was the same director as, um, oh yeah, Promising, wait, Promising Young Woman? Promising Young Woman, which, um, so it's Emerald Fennell, which I got confused with Bo Burnham because Bo Burnham is a side <laughs> character in Promising Young Woman yeah. and Bo Burnham yeah. also directed Eighth Grade. So in the back of my mind while watching Saltburn, I thought that this was directed by Bo Burnham because I was getting Emerald oh. Fennell. Emerald Fennell's a woman. Like they're not even anyway. Um <laughs> but now I, I've sorted it out after looking into it post watching. Okay. Yeah, I've heard a like a bunch about uh Saltburn. I think because of the Golden Globes. Um but I, I still have no idea what that movie is about. Um I don't I don't know if I'm gonna watch it. Maybe. Um if if Barry Keegan is is hanging dong in it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah was there like a was the joe coy tell a joke about salt burn in his terror watch the the golden globes uh i didn't even okay. know that salt burn was nominated for it i i could be wrong i i know i heard about it somewhere and i i think it had to do with something about like joe coy who's now like the apparently like the worst comedian in hollywood because of his his monologue. Um, I heard that, and I was like, "Hey, that's the guy from that Filipino movie that Paul made me watch." That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny, actually. Sorry, another uh, tangent, but I was I was just I saw my parents this weekend, and like everything that I've read and watched, like I even watched the monologue itself, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, it's pretty bad." I, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but like the response was like clearly bad. Um, and I was talking to my parents and I was like, um, I don't remember how it came up, but my parents were like, oh, he's gotten a lot of uh, sympathy from uh, like comedians like Kevin Hart and all this other stuff. And I was like, really? I I must be uh, I must be reading the wrong uh, uh, reactions. But my parents also like Joe Coy a lot. It's a cultural thing. Um, he appeals. It, it's he was definitely not the right person uh, for for that job. I think he's he's funny in his own little his own little niche of comedy, which is Filipino families. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, I don't know why I've spoken so. I f I felt like I had to defend myself. <laughs> I think, um, but uh, yeah. Anything? What did you have any more to say about Saltburn? I almost want to like talk about some of the weird shit that goes on in the movie, but I would say just, you know, save that for those who want to watch it. It's funnier to see just the random weirdest shit pop up in a movie. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make an effort then to watch it and we can revisit this on a, on a future episode. Considering you've said that. It won't be as bad as Titan is all I'll say. I, I'm, I'm sure about that. <laughs> but it's in the territory. <laughs> It's in the territory? It's in the territory. Jesus. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll still try and watch it. Um, number number four. four for me. Um, uh, I'm really happy about this one. It could easily be higher, actually. It's Talk to Me. Um, which, um, actually, I'm not sure if it came out in 2022 anymore. I think it was... Close to 2023. 
or it was released in 2023 in like a different country. Um, but whatever, I don't have anything better. So I, it's number four on my list is really good. Um, it was, it's very spooky, uh, especially if, um, like the supernatural and possession type thing, things, um, creep you out. Um, um, yeah, uh, I don't want, well, it's, it's been out for a while, so I feel like it's, could spoil it. They, it's like these bunch of kids have like a, a ceramic hand that it's apparently the hand of a psychic person, uh, so they can use it to talk to the dead. So they, they have parties and like ha take turns, um, talking to the dead. And it's like a parallel, I guess, between like doing drugs as a, as a kid, but they, so they get into some pretty heavy stuff and then obviously it goes bad. Um, yeah, really good. I think that the directors, it's like their first movie. Uh, it's the brothers from Australia or New Zealand. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty freaky. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everything you said is everything I know about that movie. Like I, I've heard people <laughs> say good things about it. I don't know too much about it. It's on my list of like, maybe watch eventually if I find a copy of it. Um, wasn't particularly motivated to watch it, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's got a lot of good reviews by people I respect. So yeah, clearly me, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's on Netflix. So oh, really? that's how I got to watch it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say more about it, but since you haven't seen it and I would definitely recommend it, I'm, I won't say anymore. Um, simple contained story um a24 i think is the is the studio um so i think that just uh adds it's another uh good a24 doesn't quite have the brand that it used to for me like two three years <laughs> ago like it's getting a little mainstream and they're doing like a, more and more things that are good but not great like it used to be back in the day like okay it's like oh well, i see that a24 it's like this is going to be great now it's like yeah mm. Not they're not making bad movies, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, it it's probably I don't know slightly more mainstream. I talk to me specifically is definitely reflective of that, but um, it it's still solidly like different. It's simple, uh, but really good. Um, so watch it for sure. Uh, number four on my list is also something I'm really excited about, although it would seem like surprising to put something this high and I cannot recommend this enough, um, is the movie Shin Kamen Rider, uh, which mm. is a, um, the third movie, I think this is like director or creator of somebody who did Evangelica anime cartoons or something like that. Um, but they did Shin Godzilla, they did Shin Ultraman, and then this is the third one where they've done Shin Kamen Rider. It's basically like you take that same spirit and style of making a movie that you saw in the 1960s, like Japanese Godzilla movies, and you just make it today with today's technology. Even like the effects are not that great. They are almost embarrassingly bad at certain times, but you, you take the structure of what they do and you compare that to what they're doing in the monster verse and those Godzilla and Kong movies, which are complete trash. And like <laughs> these movies are exactly how you would make some of these like weird character, like, monster movie type things um i don't even know how to explain what 
Kamen Rider is. Kamen Rider stands for like Masked Rider. And it's just like, here's a person with some superpowers who is like a bug, sort of. But he's just like a motorcycle rider with a helmet on. And he's fighting other people who are sort of bugs, but they're just motorcycle people with helmets on. Um, and it's <laughs> really, really fun. And it just like, it just feels like something that is completely not made by Hollywood and is just focused on the characters and they're doing their own thing. Um, and it's also extraordinarily violent at times and just like good music, good fun characters, good dialogue. Um, so it's just like, if you like those sci-fi movies, if you like monster movies, it's just a good time. Please more people watch these things. <laughs> is it, um, it's, it's like an old, it's based on like a really old, uh, old character. Yeah. 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 Cause I think I, I like a really long time ago, either I watched a show or maybe like an old movie of it. So I'm like kind of familiar I, I'm not like I don't remember anything about it. Like everything you've explained is feels new to me, but I know I've seen that character and I've watched something with it before or with him with it. Um, so actually, I, I do want to watch this one. Um, and I know you you had it on one of our earlier posts. Um, it's very highly rated for you. Yeah, and like so, Shin Kamen Rider. I don't know the Kamen Rider franchise, but the last movie that they did, Ultraman. Like, I'm somewhat familiar with Ultraman. And, like, mm. you know how in the 60s Japanese movies, how Godzilla is clearly just a guy in a rubber suit? Like, yeah. <laughs> in this movie, like, the Ultraman is clearly just a guy that they've made look bigger. And it's, like, that type of thing. It's, like, it just it feels like it was somebody who was frozen in the 1960s and was woken up today and just said, hey, go make a movie. And this is what they <laughs> made, and they don't know any of the techniques of today. Um, <laughs> so they're... Um, the only thing I can say is there's a YouTube clip called uh, Shin Kamen Rider Berserker Rage. And if you watch that and you're not sold on the movie, you're not going to like it, whatever, you can stop. But like, for me, that's like a wonderful little capsule of what the movie is. Okay. I mean, I was pretty much already sold on it, but uh, I don't, so I don't know if Netflix. I... I don't know where you're going to find it though. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely pay for it somewhere. <laughs> Um, in case anyone important is listening, um, yeah, okay, cool. Any any other um, praise for Shin Kamen Rider? That's it. Okay, uh, number three, uh, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Uh, this was um, on my most anticipated movie list as was ant-man and guardians of the galaxy i forgot to mention but um uh, yeah spider-man was just I, like similar to uh guardians of the galaxy if you liked the first one um you will probably also like this one it's really it's just a really good film visually like it looks great like visually and stylistically looks awesome music um the characters it's a lot of fun it's really funny um, it's got some meta moments um, uh, that uh, if you frequent the internet with uh, Spider-Man memes and all that kind of stuff, um, you'll you'll enjoy some of the references. Um, yeah, I just I, I really like this series, um, and uh, and it has heart as well. Again, another parallel to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah, I don't really have any complaints about it. This one, on any other year would have been top two for sure. 
Um, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> I absolutely loved Spider-Man across the universe. Uh, spoiler alert, it is my number one. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect going into the theater, but it was basically like, it gets going and it hits you in the face and it just keeps going for two hours. It is just like <laughs> noise and sound and lights for two hours straight. And somehow across all of that, it still had characters that you understood and felt and you could connect with what was going on. And even though it, it doesn't even really have an ending, it's just like, it just goes. I was yeah. completely on board with it. And I loved all the characters and I loved everything that was happening. And I felt all the emotion. Like there's so much emotion and feeling just in every scene. Um, yeah. Just love. Yeah. It. Yeah. Actually, I completely forgot what the ending was until just you mentioned it which is like normally i would not be too happy with it but it was fine like it's just the strength of the movie is so good that you're okay you do want more and it just makes you really want more um so no spoil no spoilers like if you know what we're talking about then you already know what we're talking about. And if you don't know, you should watch the movie. So I don't want to spoil it for you. And that's probably the one that we would agree. Like, I think anyone listening right now should watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. My comparison to a movie like um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, where I say, like, there's so many characters doing so many different things. Like, there's a lot of different crazy, wacky characters from all the different universes. But they're very focused mm -hmm. on, like, what's actually happening to the main character. And it's all... Yeah. there to support what that character is going through um which yeah. is why i really enjoyed it yeah and it's something the first one did very well too like when they brought in all those other spider people um which is like again more of that but um yeah i mean i don't have a bad thing to say about this movie me too all <laughs> right my number three which is the last of uh, so the one overlap that we have had so far, which is Spider-Man, is not one of the three that I thought we would have overlap. But the last one that I thought we would, which may be one of your top two, is Oppenheimer. Um, yeah. How boring. Uh, we talked this movie to death <laughs> in its own episode. It's a good movie. It's a Christopher Nolan. I don't have a lot to say about it. We've already... Go listen to our other episode about it. Um, it's fine. It is. It's whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, I guess we can skip my number two because it's also Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, yeah, great movie. Um, what's your number? Oh, wait. Yeah, what's your number two? <laughs> so my number two, which I suspect there is not overlap, is a movie called Past Lives, uh, which is another A24 movie about... Um, two Korean characters who initially were childhood friends. So they, they kind of meet up three times in life. Um, one, they're childhood friends. And then one of them has to go live in, I don't know, it moves off to America or I think somewhere in Europe. Um, so like, that's kind of the story of them drifting apart. And then they find each other online later, like when they're 18, 19, 20 ish, when they're in university and they kind of semi dating, semi just like talking online. And then later in life, like once the woman is, Mar either married or engaged or has a very serious boyfriend um, he decides to make the trip to korea or to new york um where he doesn't say that he's doing it because he's in love with her but he kind of is and it's kind of that story of what if and kind of how people have moved on um it's not a romance it's very much like you know he's into her she's not into him she's got her own things going on but just like talking about memories and, and what life could be and what it is and what it isn't. Um, 
there's only like three characters, but they all absolutely crush it for what it is. Um, so yes, quite, quite enjoyed it. Can you watch it without subtitles now? Because I know you're studying Korean. <laughs> uh, I I can't even speak a sentence of Korean, so no, I cannot. <laughs> okay. But you said so. There, it's not a love story. It's there's no like romance. No, because like the thing is, so this woman she moves to New York. She's going in a different direction with her life. She meets this guy, and this guy. He's, he doesn't have a lot of confidence, so he's just like, oh, I'm just some I'm not the, the romance of your life. I'm just some guy you met, and I'm practical and blah, blah, blah. But he's actually, like, they have a much more secure, stable, healthy relationship. And this is just, like, almost some weird guy who wants to relive the past and thinks he's in love with somebody. But he's more in love with the idea of her as opposed to who she actually is. And uh. so the, the movie is basically all these different conversations and just, like, reflecting on... Uh, I guess their different perceptions of what they want and what they like there being a disconnect between who they actually are, are friends with and who they're talking to. Um, and the guy who plays the husband, I don't know. He's probably been like a character actor and a bunch of other things, but like he absolutely crushes it in his role. Like he's great as kind of this not con like, cause he, he's a white guy marrying a Korean woman. And this is like her childhood friend coming to be like, be in love with her. And he's trying to be like the cool supportive husband but also being very insecure about himself. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. he just, he plays that nuance really, really well. Hmm. And okay. I didn't just like it because it has a Korean woman in it and whatever. <laughs> With a white husband. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a genuinely good movie. Um, again, I don't okay. know if it would have been number two in many other years. It's a solid movie. It's not like the most amazing thing I've ever seen, but like in 2023, it's good enough for number two. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, not on my, I think I actually did hear something about it. I don't know if it was at the Glo golden globes in some capacity or mentioned or nominated. Um, there was a lot of hype about it and I was really, really looking forward to it. And so when I saw it, I was a little <laughs> underwhelmed. Like it wasn't as good as I want, but like, mm. I, I like movies that have complex drama and emotions. Like it's not a straightforward love story. It's like, here's all this you're not expecting what it's going to be and it kind of just becomes its own thing and I, I kind of appreciated that okay cool <laughs> um i have no idea what your number I'm... one is going to be you don't no i feel like no you got it you have to know what it is i'm looking at the list here i had no idea I mean, to be fair, it was a complete surprise to me as well that uh, I loved it so much and that it is now number one on my list. Um, it's Barbie. <laughs> it's the Barbie oh, wow. movie. I absolutely loved this movie so much. It was probably the most fun I've had in the theater uh, in years, if not the most, like top two or top three in case I'm covering my ass in case I'm forgetting another movie that I really loved, but... It was like I'm like I have the IMDb page in front of me and it's on mute and it you know how on IMDb it plays like mm -hmm. clips and like uh, like behind the scenes stuff just like reliving like seeing it in front of my face and seeing some of the things that are happening is like making me remember those parts of the movie and I love it just as much now as I did when I was watching it it's 
it's like a combination of just like the ridiculousness of like um i don't know it, it's like really silly but like tongue-in-cheek silly um it's really creative the music is great um there is a have you you haven't seen it have you i've seen it oh okay the dance scene the dance sequence or the ken battle in the middle of the movie is like the best sequence of all time <laughs> i was like i was so entertained it was hilarious um i don't know like aside like there's um a message great message maybe hits a little more uh now that i have a daughter um but like aside from any of that like it's it's just really good and creative and fun like i don't understand how you can not like this movie I mean, maybe if that's like not your type of humor then sure that that's fine um like even as a guy like they didn't have to make any commentary on what it's like to be a guy but they did anyway and it was great and funny um like <laughs> ryan gosling learning about the patriarchy in the real world and like just looking around and seeing bros go to the gym and like um like in business meetings and stuff like that i don't know i just i can't like so much praise i don't think i've we haven't really talked about it too much either on any of our previous episodes um and uh, or even just like outside of the podcast so i guess it makes sense that it's a bit of surprise <laughs> for you but um I have been holding this in for all that time and I'm, it's all spilling out. Uh, cheers to you, Greta. Um, Greta, not Thunberg. <laughs> Greta Gerwig. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. I, I watched it. It was probably in that number 15 to number 20 range for me. Like I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Like there are like the sequence that you're talking about, like Ryan Gosling discovering the patriarchy, kind of the, like, it, it, it sounds weird, but, like, the thing I most liked about the Barbie movie was the Ken stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm, I connect with that more. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but, like, the message was kind of, I don't want to say, like, on the nose. It was, like, it was expected. It was yeah. kind of, like, I'm sure it was well described, but it's not like it was breaking any new ground. It was just, like, yeah. and the Will Ferrell stuff and, like, the whole, like, Mattel CEO was kind of just boring to me. And so <laughs> I, I liked the main stuff between like Margot Robbie and Ken. I wish they had focused on that a little bit more. I generally enjoyed it. It was generally good. It just wasn't special to me, I guess. Yeah. I guess a dance yeah, off I... between Ken's doesn't hit me as much as it does you. Oh my God. It was so, it was so funny. Um, um, I don't know. Just, I, I don't know why it like made me think of like, I don't know. It's old eighties, like music videos, um, with the whole dance off where they're all wearing like that black getup. Um, um, and just the fact, like, think about this, the whole reason why they're doing that sequence, like the Barbies were like purposely making them jealous to turn them against each other. Um, by, <laughs> and like, just, they're showing that by, for some reason, they're all singing the same song on the beach to their Barbie counterparts. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just so perfect. I can't like, I can't describe it. It's, it's not even something that you can describe to someone that hasn't seen it. And honestly, if like someone who doesn't like it, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I don't even know where I'm going anymore. It's like breaking my brain, just talking about it again. 
but um, I do agree with like the Will Ferrell, uh, like Mattel CEO stuff. That kind. I mean, I didn't care too much for that. Um, the Barbie and Ken stuff definitely should have been like the focus, and it was. It's just mm-hmm. like a little part. I mean, there had to be something that they were doing in the real world, I guess. Um, but I don't know. Otherwise, I just I, I absolutely loved it. Highly recommend. Um, yeah, I and I also agree. Like, <laughs> um, I I always say this to whoever I'm talking to about like my, my favorite movie, but maybe I did take the wrong stuff away. But it is pr- definitely like you obviously relate to Ken more. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole. I, I could go on and on about Barbie, but um, I just it's a great movie. I loved it, um, and I can't wait until it's on a streaming service that I have so I can watch it again. <laughs> Yeah, I guess surprised because I didn't predict that it would be yours, but I, I don't have any issues. Even though it wasn't in my top 10, I'm not complaining about Barbie. At least you didn't pick like Blue Beetle for number one. I know you didn't watch it, but <laughs> you would, you, you would yeah. probably actually like Blue Beetle. Really? Yeah. It's one of those I, like, like kind of bad and weird. Oh, I mean, it, there, there has to be a certain level of like bad and weird, right? It's in a certain type. Uh, like Blue Beetle... Actually, Blue Beetle and Barbie, the only thing they have in common is neither of them were on my radar at all at the beginning of the year. Um, Barbie, like, uh, there was, I know there's a lot of hype about it. I had, I didn't have really any interest in watching it. The hype um, definitely helped, more so because it was, like, an experience with your friends. Like, go watch this movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, like, the whole Bar- Barbenheimer, Oppen Barbie, whatever it was, like, that thing. Um, that was fun to like follow a little bit with like memes and stuff, but that's really the only, like if, if my friends and like my wife didn't want to watch it, I might not have even seen it. Um, but I'm really glad I did. And then on the other hand, Blue Beetle, I still don't care to watch. So, um, if, if you say it's like, I don't know, like fast 10 Wonder Woman 84 type Morbius type, even like bad um, I could be convinced to watch it just out of morbid curiosity, but I feel it's like in that it territory. doesn't hold up. I don't know if it's really that, but it's in that territory. And I'll also say it's probably one of the better or best roles that George Lopez has ever done. Um, he's hilarious. <laughs> um, I didn't know he was still alive, but I guess he is. And he's still a funny guy. Okay. That's a, not a call out or a shout out that I was going ex- <laughs> to, I was expecting from you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably easy to watch Blue Beetle now, so I'll, uh, maybe I'll check it out. (laughs) All right. Well, that's another year of top tens. Uh, we will post these online as well. And as we always do at the beginning of the year, we will post our most looking forward to, um, I feel like I had a lot of misses this year. Rebel Moon was my number two most anticipated. (laughs) It was not on my top 10 list. Um, but we will, I will do my best to try to find things to look forward to next year. Yeah. Is Dune part two going to be, uh, on both of our lists again? Probably. Dune part two and rebel moon part two are coming out in the same month. And I think that would make a great episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a lot to say about rebel moon, not in the context <laughs> of a top 10, uh, more of a bottom 10, but, uh, it's a, it's a movie. That's for sure. Should we do a bottom 10 episode? We've never done that before. Like bottom 10 of the year. 
We could. Maybe let's start with like a bottom 10 Instagram post. And then we'll see if yeah. we can turn that into an episode next year. <laughs> Maybe bottom okay. five. I don't know what my bottom 10 would be. Yeah, yeah, that's more reasonable for sure. Anyway, thanks for joining. Stay tuned for those Instagram posts and uh, we'll, we'll hit you up with some maybe some Rebel and Dune Part 2 episode in the future. Uh, Rebel Dune. Rebel Dune. Bye. Bye.